0: Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Today we conclude Mike's message on Luke. Conceived in the womb of Mary by God the Holy Spirit, Jesus then became the Son of God. Speaking more of paternity than authority. And although Jesus did step out from heaven and even though he laid down the independent use of his attributes and surrendered them to the Father and became human, that in no way ever changed the fact that he was God the Son. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9 says, For in him, that is in Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. So in his humanization, he doesn't stop being God. He remains God and the fullness of God dwells in him because he is God the Son. So here's truth point number three. Jesus is God the Son who became the Son of God. Wow. That's amazing. He became the son of God, the offspring of God in the form of the Holy Spirit. So this speaks to his deity, son of Adam. It's mentioned there that Jesus is of the line of Adam. The designation of son of Adam is applied exclusively to Jesus' humanity. That is to say, when, he, when we call him a son of Adam, is that he became a man and as a man faced all the joys and trials humanity brings. Now, that is a hugely important issue, and it's an issue that many people who call themselves Christians just don't grasp. They say, well, yeah, Jesus had a pass. It was easy for Jesus not to sin, it was easy for him to endure the cross, it was easy not to ever lie, it was easy uh, because he's God true he is but while he lived on the earth in that fleshly body he was 100% man and came under all that man has to face jesus was we'll see in a week or so jesus was tempted to sin jesus faced hardship of every kind and that's why hebrews 4:15 says that we do not have a high priest we cannot sympathize with who cannot sympathize with our weakness But we have one who has been tempted in all things as we are yet without sin. Truth point number four says that in Jesus, the creator and creation collide, becoming one together eternally. And I'm speaking there specifically of the creation of humanity. Jesus, through the incarnation, becomes the God-man. 100% percent god 100% human. There's never been anything like it, and there never will be anything like it in the future. He, He is totally unique in that. We also find in the record that he is noted as the son of Abraham. And being tied with Abraham goes back to a promise that God made to Abraham when he called Abraham out from being a pagan to being a worshiper and a follower of the one true God. And God made a promise to Abraham that in his offspring would come one who would cause Abraham through his lineage to be a blessing to the entire world. Let's go back and look at that. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, this is before he gets his name changed, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. So this is before the Jews come about. There's no Israelites, right? Abraham's not a Jew. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you and, will, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And here's the statement. And in you, Abraham, in you, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, what does that mean? In you, Abraham, all of, the, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. Well, Abraham lived and Abraham died, and all of the families of the earth did not get blessed by Abraham in that time frame. So it's obviously not talking about Abraham as being the blesser, but someone who's going to come through Abraham's nation, this new people that God is creating, someone who's going to come through his lineage. And of course, we know by revelation that that is Jesus. Notice Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. Paul, who was making an argument among the Jews, nails it. He says, now, the promises were made to Abraham. And to notice, his off." Spring, one. It does not say, Paul says, and to offsprings, referring to many. See, if you're not careful, uh, you could have gotten the idea by just adding an S and teaching that to your children, and it gets passed down generation after generation, that when God made the promise, he was saying that the Israelite nation would be the blessing nation of the world. That's not what God told Abraham. He said to your one offspring, He referring, is, does not say and to offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one and to your offspring. And then Paul identifies who is the Christ. So we come to truth point number five. Jesus is the offspring of Abraham who brings blessing to all the inhabitants of the earth. Through him, through Jesus, the potential of release from sin's curse and the, and the gift of eternal life becomes a reality. You say, Pastor Mike, why do you say potential? Because even though Christ made atonement that is sufficient to cover all humanity, there are conditions upon which that atonement can be applied. It is not applied universally. It is not like, you know, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich where you get a great big thing of peanut butter and just slide it across the whole thing of bread. No. No, individuals must turn from sin and turn to Jesus. They must trust in Him. And of course, individuals can't even do that in their natural state unless the Spirit of God draws them. So there is this mechanism in which we know it's not universal, but it will be applied as God has chosen. But the potential is there. And through Christ, Abraham's lineage becomes a blessing to the whole earth. Let me just say that there is no greater blessing than to have one's sin debt wiped clean and to receive life everlasting in Christ. And so God fulfilled His promise to Abraham through Jesus. We come to number four, the son of David, and we find that God made a promise to David that his throne would last forever. It would be established forever, and it would be established forever through one of his sons. This promise is called the Davidic Covenant. And the Davidic covenant is articulated in a couple of different places in the Old Testament. Second Chronicles chapter seventeen, verses eleven through fourteen gives us, I believe, the clearest summary of the covenant. So I chose that to present to you this morning. Chronicles seventeen, beginning with verse eleven, when your, God is speaking to David, when your days are fulfilled to walk with your fathers, which is another way of saying, when he passes away and his body is no longer living on the earth, I, God is the one speaking, will raise up your offspring. Notice again a singular after you, one of your own sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He will build a house for me, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. I will not take my steadfast love from him, as I took it from him who was before you. That's Saul. But I will confirm him in my house, and in my kingdom forever, and his throne shall be established forever. Truth point number six. Being a descendant of David gives Jesus the legal right to be the forever king that God makes reference to in the passage. And so as we go through this genealogy and we find some of these names that are very prominent and we look at the promises that were made to them and we see how ultimately they're fulfilled in Jesus, it begins to tell us something about him, doesn't it? It begins to make a picture of Jesus that is magnificent to behold we find that Jesus' genealogy through his mother Mary proves beyond a doubt that he is the Messiah that was promised to Eve in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. So let me give you a summary of this teaching, and then we'll begin to close it down. God the Son became the Son of God through the supernatural work of God the Spirit Jesus then is the second Adam doing what the first Adam could not do or did not do, and that is remain sinless. Son of Adam, he received the fullness of humanity. He received everything that is human except one thing, and that is the sin nature. Because he was conceived by the Spirit of God, he did not receive the sin nature, But having received all else that is human and going through all else that humans go through and obeying the Father perfectly in all things, he became one of us so that he could represent us in his salvific work through the cross and the resurrection before the Father. You see, an angel couldn't do it. It had to be a man standing for mankind. As son of Abraham, he became the fulfillment of blessing, making Mercy and grace available to all the peoples of the earth. As son of David, he is entitled to be enthroned as king of kings and lord of lords, as Isaiah 9-7 says, to establish his government with justice and righteousness from this time forth and evermore. The genealogy of Jesus, an unimportant, boring list of names, Yeah, if you don't care about God's plan, if you don't care to know that Jesus is actually qualified to be and do what he has made his claims to be and do. And as we think about this list of genealogy, remember what we started with when we began the Gospel of Luke. What is Luke's purpose in writing this Gospel? His purpose is to help this friend, Theophilus, to have confidence, to know that what he is being taught about Jesus is related to fact. This is not fiction. This is not once upon a time. This is real space, real time. And Luke is showing through the genealogy that Jesus is who he claims to be. So the genealogy of Jesus demonstrates that reality. That Jesus met all the qualifications to be the Messiah, to be the King forever. To bear our sins in His body on the cross. To rise from the dead with new eternal life for those who would trust in Him. To establish His kingdom, which will have no end. Literally, Jesus then is the only name given among men whereby we must be saved. Luke has shown us. That this ministry and this reality is exclusively laid upon Jesus. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Richmond Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission.